All right, so tonight we're going to be reading from the book of Revelation, chapters 4 and 5. We're going to start off with a video that's going to read to us the entire chapter 4 with some pictures and animation, or movement at least. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Cuthbert. A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on them were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under his wings. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. Let's go through it, learn line by line, verse by verse, word by word. Chapter 4, verse 1. I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. So John's taken in vision up into heaven, see God's throne. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. He was like Jasper and a Sardis stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald. Now we're going to see here through this chapter a lot of descriptions, uh, which I believe are symbolic. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that these are literally exactly how it is in heaven all the time, uh, but the symbolism as Revelation as a whole is to explain to us and help us to understand the beauty of God. And for example here, starting the one sitting on the throne, he's like a jasper and a starter stone in appearance. And we have other descriptions uh, of God in the Bible that don't describe him as a jasper and a starter stone. Right? So there's just that these, these, uh, these glory of these emeralds 
uh, showing his brightness and his glory. And there's a rainbow around the throne, but it's an interesting rainbow. It's not a typical rainbow after a rain. It's a rainbow that's just a green or emerald rainbow around God's throne. And the rainbows represent God's promises that he will not destroy the earth again, right? And so God's mercy is rainbow and, and green of, of faith. That he, God's, we have faith that God's throne is full of mercy. He sits on his mercy seat and God's presence is there for us. And John is invited to come up and to see God's throne. And around the throne were 24 thrones, and the thrones I saw were 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold in their heads, and from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. As so you have these 24 elders, and there's various different discussions of who these 24 elders are, and again, I don't necessarily believe that there are exactly 24 and only 24 uh, elders sitting around God's throne. There might be, there very well could be, I think it's more of the symbolism of the 24 being like a double 12, like the 12 uh, tribes and the 12 apostles. So the, the New Jerusalem has the 12 foundations and the 12 uh, gates. And so this 24 demonstrating this, this again, fullness, the fullness of, 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 of God's word and of God's people, God's people surrounding his throne, these elders that are clothed in white, right? And so they've received their white garments, Yeshua's righteousness over them. And seven menorahs of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne was there was a sea of glass like crystal. Now, I don't necessarily know if the things will be burning in heaven. Usually for something to burn, it has to be destroyed, right? And it sets off smoke, and that destroys the ozone layer, right? So I don't necessarily know if there's actual menorahs burning and incense burning in heaven. But again, the symbolism here of the seven, seven menorahs, seven lights, seven candlesticks, God, Yeshua is the light of the world. Uh, the menorahs representing his light, representing his life, representing his presence, representing him shining in glory. And we're seeing here that there's a heavenly sanctuary, right? In the earthly sanctuary, which was patterned after the heavenly, there was a men the menorah was placed there. Solomon, when he built his temple, he had several menorahs there. And so here in heaven, seven menorahs, whether it's one menorah with seven branches or seven menorahs. But again, we have this heavenly throne matching the earthly, again, to help understand what God is doing for us. And as we understand the sanctuary, we understand more of what God is doing in heaven for us as he goes through the sanctuary. So now he's in this, where the menorah is, is the holy place in the earthly sanctuary. But it's also mentioned here, before the throne was a sea of glass like crystal. Where else does the Bible mention a sea of glass? Or a sea made out of glass? Also in the sanctuary, the Laver is referred to as the sea, and it was made out of the mirrors that the women brought the mirrors when Moses called for free will offerings to come and build the temple. They brought these mirrors, and the mirrors were used to build the laver. It's like a sea of glass. And so again, we have a piece of furniture from the, from the sanctuary represented in heaven and seen in heaven. God's cleansing, God's washing, and God's reflection, and so it's like crystal. 
And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. And the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. So four creatures with these various different um, faces and having eyes all around them, front and back, eyes all over the place. And again, having eyes all over the place, representing they see all things, they can, they're all seeing, they're all knowing, just as God knows all things, God sees all things. And these four faces are listed also in the book of Ezekiel, but they're also mentioned in the Torah. When the 12 tribes came out of Egypt and wandered in the wilderness, God set up the tribes and he set us up around the sanctuary. The sanctuary was in the center and he had three tribes to the north, three tribes to the south, three tribes to the east, three tribes to the west. Again, the sanctuary is the central theme. And each one of those four divisions of three tribes had one tribe that was like the head tribe over them. And the head tribe, each tribe, each of the 12 tribes, had a banner, had a signet, had a, a symbol representing them. Well, the four tribes that represented those four different directions that oversaw those three in each direction. One was like a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. One was like a calf. One was like a man, and one was like an eagle. And so here we have these four representing all the 12 tribes, the four directions around the sanctuary. And so here they are around God's throne in heaven. And they got eyes all over the place. In other words, God's eyes are always upon his people. He's there in our midst. He tabernacles with us. He's there with us. And we have representation in heaven as well. We can come before the throne of grace, just as John was invited up before God's throne. Verse 8, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Right, so holy, 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 three times, three times emphasis, right, and so three, another type of completion, another type of fullness, the saying it, confirming it, confirming it, confirming it, like the fullness of God. The three there, holy, holy, holy. And they're saying, Lord God Almighty. Three references there, Lord God Almighty. And who was, three different time periods, who was and who is and is to come. And we've seen that mentioned already in Revelation a few times. Again, very significant phrase in Revelation describing God, that he is, he's there in the past. He's been from eternity without beginning and without end. He knows all things. He's planned all things. He's known us before we were born. He's a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was, and he is. He's present with us. He is. He always has been. He is the self-existent one, and he is to come. He is coming back again. He is coming. So we have hope for the future. We have assurance as we move into, uh, as we continue to move forward. And wherever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, 
and by your will they exist and were created. Okay, so he's holy, he's holy, he's holy. Why? Because he was, he is, and he is to come. And he has, uh, is worthy to receive the glory and honor and power. Why? Because he created all things. And by him, we exist. Without him, we don't exist. Without him, we don't have any breath. Without him, we don't have any being. Without him, we can do nothing. But because he created us and continues to give us life and existence, he is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. He's the creator. He's the one who gives us life. He's the one who gives us our being. And so thus, he deserves respect. Just like a parent deserves respect for being over us. There's a respect that comes. The creator, the founder of a, of a, of a company deserves respect. He created all things. So God is the creator. And so we worship him as creator. And what does the Bible give us as a memorial that he is the creator? The Sabbath. The Sabbath is a memorial, topping it off, ending it off, to remind us each week that he is the creator. So long, belong, long before Darwin comes along, long before evolution comes along, God is proclaimed as the creator. The heavens proclaim that he is the creator, that he created all things, and that by him and by him alone, we exist and have our being. So we can give thanks continually. Every time we wake up and our name is not in the obituary, every time we give a breath and suck air in and, and exhale out, we can give thanks because God gives us the ability to exist. God has created us and sustains us moment by moment. And so he is worthy of our adoration. He is worthy of our lives. And our lives should live out that he is holy, holy, holy. Our lives should live out that he deserves all the glory and the honor and the power. All of it. Because he created all things. In the right hand of him who sat on the throne, we now into chapter 5, verse 1. In the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and out, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open or read the scroll or to look at it. So here this scroll is presented. John can sense there's something important about this scroll. It's like a legal document with legal seal, maybe the king's seal on it, and sealed seven times. Again, this totality of importance, this totality of, 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 of sealing it. We'll see later on seven seals mentioned also in Revelation. And here, there's a proclamation. We have this seal, we have this scroll, but no one can open it. And that touches John so much. He knows this is important. He wants to know what's inside it. Maybe it's the book of life, and for God to be able to read off who's going to be in heaven. But no one can open the scroll. And so he begins to weep and weep much. He begins to breaking out and crying and lamenting because no one was worthy. And none of us are worthy. There is none worthy. No, not one. That's why God only deserves glory and honor and power. Not unto us. In us is no good thing. 
except what the Lord does through us. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. So he's told to behold, to look. The lion of the tribe of Judah, right? Powerful lion. The root of David, the Messiah. The root and the offspring of David. And he has overcome as we learned in lesson two and three, chapters two and three, overcome, over, overcome, overcome. He has overcome. He is the king. He is the lion. And he is worthy to open the scroll. Now, we've seen this before. We're going to see it again here. He's told to look, to behold. And so he turns to look. And I looked and I beheld. And in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So he's told to behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, of the root of David, and he turns to see the lion, and he looks, and he doesn't see a lion. He sees a lamb, and not a mighty lion crowned, but he turns and he sees a lamb as if it's been slain. A bloodied lamb. But it's standing. And it's not your typical lamb. It has seven horns and seven eyes. So again, there's symbolism here, right? It's all symbolism. Yeshua's not walking around as a lamb slain with blood on his chest and, and, and seven head, horns in his. But the symbolism throughout these chapters of what's taking place in heaven. That he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He did come through the line of Judah. He did come through the line of David. He did come and overcome. He did come and live a sinless life and is victorious for us. He is worthy because he created all things and because he lived a righteous life to open the scroll and to read the scroll. But he is also at the same time equally as much the lamb slain for us to provide us with salvation. So he has created us and is worthy, and he has redeemed us and is worthy as well. Both facets are very important. And this is these chapters, again, just leading into the book. The book this is the book of Revelation. It's the book of the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah. It's the revealing of Yeshua to us in all his aspects and his work in heaven as the lion and as the lamb, with seven horns. We've seen in Daniel, the horns represent kingdoms. So he's the king over all, seven horns. He's the king of all kings. And seven eyes. Again, all seeing, all knowing, all wisdom and all knowledge has been given unto him. That he knows all things, he sees all things. He's in tune with everything that takes place in our lives. And again, the seven spirits of God mentioned, and we've seen that mentioned before, uh, coming out of Isaiah, I think it's chapter 14, verse 11, I think it is, where it mentions the seven spirits of God. Chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5, verse 7, And he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, 
each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Golden bowl full of incense. Where is that mentioned in the Bible? Where do we see that? In the sanctuary, right? In the sanctuary, there's the incense, the, 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 the altar of incense, right? So we've had the laver, the sea of glass, we've had the menorah. We now have the, the altar of incense, which ascended up before God, right? So the, the, it stood right before the curtain, right? In the holy place. And so as the prayers of the Levites would go in and they pray, and the prayers would ascend to smoke over the curtain and into the holy of holies, the Kodesh Kodeshim, into the where the Ark of the Covenant is before God's throne. And so again, the symbolism here, the prayers of the saints are heard in heaven. They make it up to heaven. And just as on earth, there was a altar of incense, bowls of incense in heaven. There's this symbolism of this, God's hearing our prayers and ascending up as a sweet smelling aroma unto God. Our prayer is to make it to heaven. Sometimes we don't see the results. Sometimes we don't see the answers right away. Sometimes it seems like he's not hearing. Sometimes it seems like our prayers aren't going anywhere. But they do. They ascend and they reach up to heaven. And God counts each prayer and stores them up and answers them according to his will at just the right time. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and you have redeemed to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made kings and koanim to God and shall reign on the earth. Right? He is worthy and he is going to reign forever and ever. He's going to reign. He's going to come down to this earth. The new Jerusalem is going to come down. And he's going to reign on this earth for all eternity. He's going to move heaven. He's going to move the center of heaven. He's going to move the throne room of heaven to this fallen planet. That's an amazing thought of what God will do, how he redeems. He takes the worst planet in the entire universe and makes it his throne room. And he's singing a new song. Why is it a new song? They've been singing songs. We've already read. They've been holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And I guess maybe they're getting tired of that song. And they're singing, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you created all things. And now they need a new song. And a new song comes along that he is the lamb that's slain for us to redeem us. So the other songs had to do with creation. The other songs had to do with God's from eternity, that he's the creator of all things. But a new song has to come along because a new thing had to happen. Sin came into the universe. Lucifer cast out of heaven. Sin on this earth. And a new thing had to happen. The creator of all things, the giver of life, had to give up his life. The one who sustains us died for us. A new thing, a new thing in heaven, that God himself would die for us. Thus, a new song. Not only is he our worthy because he has created us, but he is also worthy because he has redeemed us. A new song. He's our creator and our redeemer. Our master and our Lord. Our savior. 
And so they opened the scrolls to redeem them out of by the, your blood, out of every tribe and people and nation and tongue. Right? He's not just the God for the Jews. He's the God for all the earth. He's commissioned us. He's chosen us to take it to the world and to share it with the world and to invite the world to come and know. But he is worthy and he died for all the world. He created all the world. He created Adam and Eve and every person who's come from there, which is everybody. And he's died for the sins of the world. To redeem everyone who is willing to receive his free grace of redemption. Verse 11, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. Seven. Right, so again, we have seven. He receives all these attributes, these attributes of God, and he is worthy to receive them. He already had them, but he's worthy to retain them and have them because he was slain for us. And thus he is worthy to share them with us. That we become co-heirs with him, co-inheritors with him, not only of the heaven and the new heavens and new earth, but we become co-inheritors of these attributes that he wants to give us power he wants to give us victory over sin. He wants to make us overcomers as well. He wants to give us all kinds of riches in his glory. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us strength. He wants to give honor us. And he wants to be glorified in us. And he wants to pour out his blessings upon us and to make us a blessing in this earth. So again, these chapters exalt God. And heaven is constantly exalting God. The four living creatures, the 24 elders, the thousands and tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. All of heaven is exalting God and praising God. All the time. They rest not day and night. And that's how our lives can be as well. Day and night we can give glory to God. Day and night we can do the right thing by his grace. Day and night we can live consistently, godly lives, holy lives, for his honor and his glory and his grace, by his power, so that he can receive all the praise in the earth. Verse 13, and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that is in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Every creature in heaven and earth will sing his praises. This description is very similar out of the Sabbath command. The one who created all uh, heaven and earth and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And all these beings shout aloud in their lives. Blessings, power, honor, and glory to him. 
And he sits on the throne as the line of the tribe of Judah, the king, root of David, and as the lamb forever and ever and ever. And so as we pray together, may God's spirit live in our lives. May we give honor and glory to him with our mouths, with our lives, with our actions, with our thoughts, with our deeds. May we be praising him day and night. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we praise you and we thank you for your word and we're thankful, Lord, for your glory manifested in heaven. We're thankful that you allowed John to get a peek of that. Thank you for giving us some wisdom and understanding among this. And I know there's much more that we can understand regarding this. Continue to enlighten us and instruct us and teach us. Continually draw us before your throne of grace. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you that we exist because of you. And thank you for redeeming us, forgiving us, for dying for us, and for cleansing us. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.